Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series Podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the Word. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you today. Gosh, I, I feel so close to you. I guess at least 10 feet closer, I feel to you. Boy, it makes a big difference, that little space, maybe getting lower down, too. I feel like I could step right into the front row here. Great to see you today. Yeah, we are getting ready for Christmas, obviously. That is upon us. We can't even get Thanksgiving out of the way, right? We got to jump right into Christmas. We have our our Christmas production two weekends from now. Uh, We've got performances Friday two on Saturday, and it's going to be awesome, just like everything we do at Christmas every year. It'll be a great time, encouraging, inspiring, and as you already know, something you'll wish you'd brought somebody uh, with you. So you'll sing, be seeing more details about that. It's called the Christmas tree. Is that right, Dale? It's called the Christmas tree. Very creative. I came up with that myself. We've never seen anything called the Christmas tree before, but uh, it's going to be a great time, and I sure hope you'll be here and part of that. Speaking about Christmas, uh, you saw in the announcements about the, the Christmas schedule, you know, schedules are different all through the Christmas season and what to keep up with. I do want to talk with you real quickly about Christmas weekend. Uh, so this year, Christmas is on a Sunday. That happens, I guess, every seven years, right? So it's on a Sunday, and I know in my life, historically, that just meant Christmas gifts and breakfast all got pushed to later because we were going to church and Sunday school first, and that's what I've always been doing. Uh, And then we, a couple, I think two times ago, the way we started doing it uh, here at the Heights is we offered one service on the weekend. We did two Christmas Eve services and one Sunday morning or Christmas Day service. And what I mean by one service, it's the same, all three. So you pick one, because we just kind of assume the great majority of people are not going to both. They're, they're not coming Saturday night and then back again Sunday morning. They're going to go to one or the other. And so we've been doing that, I think, two rotations now. And uh, But something has changed since the last time, and that's COVID and becoming an much more of a quick to go to online. And there's wonderful reasons we go online. And let's be honest, there's some not so good reasons we go online, right? You know, open the refrigerator, we're out of milk. Oh, let's just watch church online this morning. Okay, so we have a lot of reasons that we do that. Well, the last seven years ago, when, when we had Christmas on a Sunday, 84% of our attendance was on Saturday. Only about 16%, well, not about, exactly 16% came back on Sunday morning. So y'all pretty much choose, we're coming once and we're coming on, on Saturday. And with the belief that now that online is also there, that that number would even change a little bit on on Sunday morning. So with that in mind, we kind of been working through this. We made the decision we're going to offer our two Christmas Eve services here here in person at 2 and 4. We've normally done that at 3 and 5, uh, and y'all seem to like earlier than later. Uh, y'all can nod right there and make me feel good. So we're going with 2 and 4 on Saturday here, and then we're going to run the stream of what happened on Saturday. We'll run that as a service on Sunday morning. So no in-person gathering on Sunday morning. 
Now, I hope that bothers some of you, even though you're all choosing to come on Saturday anyway. uh, I hope that bothers you a little bit, bothers me a little bit, makes me a little uncomfortable. But we're just looking at where people are and where where they're going and how to best work through that that weekend. And, uh, hey, if that was the wrong thing to do, we've got seven years to get it fixed and get it right. Uh, So, two and four on Christmas Eve, like you're used to in here, And then we'll still have a Sunday offering, but it'll be online uh, versus gathering here in person. And our staff worked through that. I did take that to our deacon body and discuss that uh, with them. And and we all felt like, hey, let's give this a try. We'll see how that works. So we are gathering that week. We're just doing it on Saturday, okay, and having the offering on Sunday. So that's Christmas, but we got Thanksgiving in front of us. So let's get back to Thanksgiving. Busy week in front of us, yes? Ready for your 17 trips to the grocery store this week? Isn't that amazing? Even when you make a list, you get home and you're right back to the grocery store. Do we have any list makers in here? Quite a few. Yeah, I think it's some of it a personality thing. I'm a list maker, not just for Thanksgiving week. I, I, make, a, I make a list every single day. I, uh, I think productivity breeds productivity. And when I see myself scratching stuff off, it just... It feels good. I, I don't know if that's a lesson to learn on being productive or personality disorder, but it just, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. A couple of Mondays ago, uh, I needed to, to transfer a title, and so I was on the way to the DMV, what everybody wants to do on a Monday morning. And uh, so I, I've, I've got my title, and, and you know, there's part of it you're, you're filling out yourself, and I, I started filling out at, at the top where the dealer fills it out. So there's my first mistake. So we just are going to ignore that. And then I get down to where we are, and then we sign in the wrong spot. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to the DMV on a Monday with a title I've pretty much, pretty sure I've messed up. So I'm, I'm really excited about the day in front of me, or dreading, dreading greatly. So I pull into the Chester DMV at, at 8.15, and I don't know why I'm surprised about this. The, the lot was packed. And I, I mean, I just sink. And then I actually said to myself, why are you acting surprised? What did you expect? 8.15 on a Monday morning. And so I go in. Now, I've prepared for this. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about it on Sunday. When I, when I left here Sunday afternoon, I gathered up all the stuff I'd be doing on a Monday morning. And I took it with me to the DMV. And I mean, I'm in there. I've got, I'm setting up shop. I'm ready to work till 5 o'clock if I have to in there. So I've got my computer and books. I've got some cards I'm going to be writing. And I get my number. I get all set up. And I barely have gotten anything done. And they call my number. And I'm, at first I was like, I'm busy. And then I thought, what is happening here? I'll tell you something. That Monday, the Chester DMV, that was the best thing I did all week long. No more jokes about the DMV from me. They were fast. They were courteous. They solved my problem. They accomplished what I needed done. And I was out of there in under 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. Wow. I, I went out front and offered an animal sacrifice right there to, to the Lord above. I went all Old Testament and everything. So... I, I think, man, I've got time now. So then I went to the post office. I got these new plates, this title, this registration. I get that sent off to my son. And so I pull into work way ahead of time. And I, I sit down at my desk and I do the first thing that I do every time I come in and sit down. I start to make my to-do list. 
And the first thing I put was go to the DMV. Second thing I put was go to the post office. You say, well, why did you write things you've already done? Because it feels so good to scratch it off. I can't tell you what that does inside me. I mean, I'm, I'm way ahead of the whole week now at this point. Scratch that off there. <laughs> Again, I, maybe a personality disorder. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I might also make a list to remember. You know, there's a lot going on. I, I, I don't know about your job. I got big tasks. I got small tasks. I have very different tasks. I'm rarely killing two birds with one stone. I have very different things I do in the course of a day. So I got to make a list to remember it all. Because remembering is important, right? Especially if you're the one that's on my to-do list. Remembering is kind of important. You know, funny thing, God thinks remembering is important. Like he over and over and over says, hey, remembering is a big deal. Let me me show you just how much over and over and over this is. Look to the screen here, Exodus chapter 13. Remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, for by a strong hand the Lord brought you out. So shall you remember and do all my commandments and be holy to your God. Deuteronomy 8.18, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he, not you, it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Next page, Psalm 103. God changes it up here and uses a different word, but same idea, right? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. That's the other way of saying remember. (laughs) And forget not all his benefits, for you have forgotten the God of your salvation And have not remembered the rock of your refuge. And then very short and very sad. For my people have forgotten me. Yes, it's interesting how often, you know that's not all the places that appears in the Bible. Over and over and over, God is telling you and me to remember. And I look at some of the things that he's telling them to remember. And I'm thinking, really? Is that, do they need to be told to remember? Like does an Israelite... Coming out of slavery, they've been in slavery 400 years. And, and now they're in the, well, they're wandering for the first couple of years, right? 40 to be exact. But even, even then, I mean, three, four years later, are they going to forget that they've been in slavery 400 years? Are they going to forget the parting of the Red Sea? You're not going to forget that. There, there's no way they're going to forget that. But, but maybe what God's addressing there is not a cognitive issue, but a heart issue. Oh, yes, I remember there was a Red Sea, and I remember that God brought me out, but, but other things, more important things start popping up. More urgent things start popping up. More desirable things pop up. Oh, it's still out there. I know it, but there's just so much now that's between me and that. It's gotten kind of fuzzy in my my memory. And then we see Jesus. As a matter of fact, we didn't see Jesus. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I was supposed to read that at the end of all those verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, our passage for the day. I'll let you get there in your Bible app or your Bible. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23. It says, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So now Jesus joins all these other places and times in saying, remember, he's sitting down at a meal with his his closest friends, an important meal. Now, you and I have lots of meals we don't remember, right? But not the important ones, not the thanksgivings. No, thanksgivings we remember and, and anniversaries and certain celebrations. Those are markers of life. And we remember having those meals. We remember who we are with. And boy, Jesus is sitting down to this important meal. And he's saying, hey, would you remember that? Now, if I'm Matthew, I'm kind of thinking, why do you need to tell me that? Like what, three years from now, somebody's going to walk up to Matthew and go, hey, didn't you used to work with Jesus? Jesus, huh? Jesus, Jesus. You know, I did. That's right. There was a guy named Jesus. You know, they killed him. I just remembered that. No, that's never going to happen. No conversation is ever going to unfold like that for Matthew or James or John or Peter or any of them. They're not going to forget this. But maybe it's not so much a cognitive issue that he's addressing, but a heart issue. Because other things kind of pop up and become more important, more urgent, more desirable. And and now we've got all these commands 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago that you and I read. Because God's speaking to you and me today just as well, isn't he? He's just as repetitive with you and me as he was with the Israelites, as he was with the apostles. And he's saying, remember, I I know many of you in here. You, You know Jesus. You love Jesus. You know the cross. You know what he did at the cross. You know why he did it. You know what it means to you. There's just really not a scenario where we're going to come wandering up on Easter and you're going to go, what's this about? Jesus and a death? I don't even remember. Oh, that's, no, that's not real. That's never going to happen. But maybe Jesus isn't speaking to a cognitive issue in our lives, but a heart issue. Because other things pop up and become more important, more urgent, more desirable. You, You know, that happens in every one of us. Happens all the time. As a matter of fact, a good example of that would be what we're all going to go through this week. Anybody in here remember what Thanksgiving is about? It's about giving thanks. Yeah, but nobody was confused about that, right? We all remember there's a day on the calendar that we we give thanks. But what's going to happen? Well, a busy week is going to happen. And there's the 17 trips to the grocery store. And maybe a trip or two to the airport and people are coming in and we're here at Thanksgiving morning and then we're here Thanksgiving afternoon and there's just a lot going on. And if your home is like my home, man, all of a sudden we can come flying up on Thanksgiving and then through Thanksgiving and giving thanks becomes an afterthought. Do you know the shortest, most thoughtless thing we will do on Thanksgiving give thanks. The football game's much longer than that. The eating is much longer than that. The family and friends are much longer than that. You see, nobody in here has forgotten what day it is. It's just other things become more important, more urgent, more 
desirable. God says, this is an issue. It's a problem. You're forgetting who I am. I belong in the number one spot in your life. There is no number two. This whole priority list we have of God and family and church and work, or however, that's a joke. There's no such thing. There's God number one. And if you're really living with him another one, everything else works out. But we don't have him at number one. Why? Because we don't remember. We don't remember how he loved. We don't remember how he sacrificed. Don't remember that he's worthy. You know what you and I need? We need the discipline of remembering in our life. We need the discipline of remembering in our... The reason I say discipline, when I'm disciplining myself, that means it's a choice. I have to choose to do this. It's not natural. I do not have to discipline myself to eat. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? It's very natural. I don't even have to put it on my to-do list. It's not on my to-do list. I don't have to set a watch by it. Nothing. It happens automatically. I don't have to ever even think about it. But there's other things, unless I'm choosing, unless I'm disciplining, it's not natural. You know what's not natural? is for you to keep Christ in the number one spot. I'm not challenging what you believe about Jesus. I'm not challenging that you love him. I'm not challenging that you're a good Christian. I'm just saying, I don't think God would tell us a hundred times to remember if we all had this worked out. What we naturally do is let him slide down the list. So I've got to put in the discipline of remembering. Well, it's the discipline of remembering. I've got a couple ideas up here just to get us thinking. You know, I can read my Bible daily. What a simple thing. I mean, I just, I just open my Bible and there it is, man. Hey, there's a God and this is his day and I'm his and there's a way to live this day so that I enjoy this day and so that I enjoy him and that I enjoy being his. I can open my, how simple to remember. I, I can gather weekly, go to church weekly. You know, that, that used to be a, a, a thing we did. We, you, went, you go to church every week, right? Now, that's changed. We, we don't go to church every week. You know, times change, things change. We all got the memo. You don't have to go weekly anymore. I don't know anybody sent that memo to God. Listen, I'm sending God enough memos. You go ahead and send them that one, okay? No, God says you need to go weekly. You know, folks, you and I can do a lot of things by ourselves. Sing, worship, read my Bible, pray witness all kinds of good deeds and and ministries. We can do a lot of things individually, and every one of those things is exponentially multiplied when we include gathering with that. We're not stronger alone. On On my own, I can kind of veer off in a wrong direction. It's the group that brings me back. On my own, I can get tunnel vision. This is all that counts. This is all that's important. And then I get with the group, and I remember, oh, wait a minute, there's a few other things that count. There's a few other things that are important. God said you need the discipline of gathering weekly, regularly. The Lord's Supper. Now, that word regularly is kind of tricky. You know, I regularly brush my teeth twice a day, and I regularly celebrate Thanksgiving once a year. So that's a very different way of using the word regularly. How regular should it be? Well, probably more than once a year, the Lord's Supper. I would say much more than that. I don't think we at the Heights celebrate it enough. We're actually looking at 2023, how we involve that a little bit more. But it's to be regular. That's the bottom line. You know, another thing that might could go there in that regular, like fasting. 
You know, I, not, not necessarily daily, not, not even necessarily weekly, but r- regularly. What would regular fasting look like? I, I, that list is not exhaustive. It's representative. And, and really, it's rep- what, what I'm trying to represent there is the three words in parentheses. What am I doing to remember daily? What am I doing to remember weekly? And what am I doing to remember regularly? And I think you need things, plural, multiple things in every single one of those areas. And if you let one drop off, you're, st- you're starting to fail. You say, that? no, that's not true. You don't have to do all your own life. And the life of everybody around you is evidence of that. The most natural thing we do is let Jesus slide down the list. Is not respect and appreciate who he is and what he did for us on the cross. That's the most natural thing we do. Which means the most disciplined thing I need to be doing is keeping him in that spot. Let's take a moment and pray. That's what we should do before we come to the Lord's table. God calls this a time before I take the elements of examination. And what would we be examining right now? Well, there's a lot of things in our lives we could be examining. But maybe right now, take a moment and just pray over. Hey, hey God, am I remembering that you're not only king of kings, but you're king of me? You're you're not only the God of eternity, you're the God of my day and my schedule and my time and my relationships. Lord, are there places I'm not honoring you as the king? Are there conversations I'm not honoring you as most important? Are Are there ways of talking that show that I don't really have you in the number one spot? Maybe some of that would be an act of confession. Lord, I know I'm really not. Maybe in other places we just say, hey, God, I want so much more for it to be clear you're number one in this. Take a moment and pray with the Lord. And as I always say at this time, you can't cover everything that needs to be covered in the next minute. My prayer is that this minute kicks off a whole bunch of minutes this afternoon and this week ahead. Take a moment and pray. Lord, hear our prayer. And I thank you that based on Psalm 116 verses 1 and 2 and a whole bunch of other verses that you did hear. You promised that you hear. And and you didn't hear because I pleaded and begged just right. You didn't hear because I said the right words. You heard because you're that kind, you're that merciful, and you're that loving. Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. If you would get your elements now here and uh, make sure the bread is on top. That's where we're going to go first. And uh, if anybody didn't get one, if you would, and, and want one right now for this, if you'd raise your hand and our deacons will come. We, we have one over here. Okay. A couple over here, actually. All right. Looks like we did a pretty good job of getting that handed out. Carlos, did you see this area right here? Did everybody get one? We still want still one more. There we go. Okay. Obviously, I don't want to start until we're all ready. Okay. If you would peel back the, the top with the bread and pull this out. Boy, this is incredible, folks. Jesus said, this is my body. It's been broken for you. Do you know the result of his body being broken for you and me? And you and I trusting this. I'm a child of God. I've been forgiven of all my sins, past, present, and future, the ones I confess, the ones I didn't confess. I have this security of knowing that I will stand before God in righteousness. And not only stand before God in righteousness, I will stand there as a co-heir, as a co-equal with Jesus Christ. I have the peace and the security of knowing eternity in heaven is my future. That's what the broken body of Christ accomplished for me. And then Jesus had to look at you and me and said, would you remember that? Would you remember that? Take and eat. If you'd peel back the juice now. Jesus said, this is my blood. It is for the new covenant. You know, we don't use the word covenant in our culture. We we talk about contracts. And we say, we're going to ink the deal. You know, once you sign it, then the contract's binding. Now it it counts, kind of, right? If you have enough money and you have the right lawyer, you can get out of almost any contract. You know what you can't get out of is a covenant. The, The very concept, and it wouldn't ever be a human. It would be an animal But in certain covenants, blood would be struck. And what you're saying is, if I don't fulfill this covenant, may what happened to this animal happen to me. God is making a promise to you. It's all those things I just said that his broken body accomplished. And God is now saying, by my own spilled blood, I secure, I guarantee that these things will be true of you. You know, folks, when you and I receive all these gifts by grace, even then you and I are not the ones that hold on to those gifts by grace. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that secures and guarantees I make it all the way into heaven, into the presence of God. And then Jesus looked at us and said, would you remember that? Would you remember that and how you prioritize me in everything? take and drink would you say the Lord's prayer with me our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.